No Junk Mail presents Harry Nation Part 2 Read to you by James Von Felt Things are really looking up in our town this week. Jeff and the mayor decided to spruce up the town. Ordered these little flags you fixed to telephone poles. We'll pitch in to put them up when they come. Should be here in a week or so. Also, Fire Chief Kelly's out of the hospital now. He's hobbling around on crutches. Earl and I finished up the work on his chicken house. He missed the big dig and watching the cleanup. Marla, you know, the waitress at the gas and grill, she won a $500 lottery ticket at Walmart in Ottumwa. No one around here that I know of has done that. Things are just going good for the moment. Not to say the farmers aren't worried about the price of beans, but that's about par for farmers, always concerned about something. Now here's something to be concerned about. And it has a thing or two to do with Harry Nation. Larry Nail, Evelyn's cousin from Lancaster, dropped in for a visit, and we went over to the gas and grill for dinner. He filled us in about the big political race for county supervisor down there at Go Springs. It's specially interesting because the race is half in Harry Nation and half out. The boundaries for Ghost Springs has been confused for years. Nobody wants to clear up the problem because if they do, some people will have to start paying taxes. The way Larry tells it, Garfield Loggenschlager, the banker's son, got his name on the ballot. He's opposing Dogleg Murphy, who's been town supervisor for 25 years. And after declaring himself for candidate publicly, Garfield found that no one would vote for him, not even his mom. He can't back out. That would be too embarrassing. He was heading for a public trouncing. Garfield tried everything, radio ads, TV, print ads in the Shiler County Times, which mysteriously were printed upside down. He even went door-to-door talking to everyone to no avail. Now get this, it's about two weeks before the election and Garfield is at the do drop in discussing election strategy with Rosie when the idea come up. Now as far as I could find out, no one exactly knows whose idea it was. Anyway, the idea was this. If Garfield could get on a horse and get around in Harry Nation and talk a few people into voting for him, well, he could possibly win. You see, it was midterm election and hardly anybody will go to vote except the dogleg Murphy backers, which are kin. So Garfield rents a horse from Elmer Watkins down at the livery stable in town. It had been a while since Garfield had been on horseback. Getting mounted was a problem. Garfield, with his five-foot frame, had put on a bit of weight, which brought him up to about 225 pounds. Elmer, it seems, had to get a bench and shove Garfield to get him on the horse. So Garfield sets out to do what in these parts will live in infamy. First off, Garfield gets lost in Harry Nation, which is not too hard to do since there are no road signs, just dirt trails going here and there. 
And about noon, he's hot and thirsty, having no luck talking to anybody except Jared Apple. People in those parts rarely see strangers and usually won't talk to them anyway. Well, seems that either the horse stumbled or was spooked. Or perhaps, as Garfield said, Jared Apple threw a rock at him that hit the rump of the horse, which caused him to start running full out. What a sight. Garfield flailing away, yelling, Stop! and other commands. The horse took off through the woods and bushes, aiming at low-hanging branches, and one cleared Garfield right off his back. For an instant, Garfield was suspended in air, then plop fell to the ground. The first thing Garfield saw when he did recover was Emmy Loy. Emmy Loy is Frenchie Hatfield's oldest daughter, the oldest unmarried daughter to be more precise. The reason she's unmarried at the ripe old age of 19 is that she's over six foot tall, skinny as a rail, independent as a hog on ice, and has a tooth missing in front from fistfighting with the boys, and winning, I might add. Frenchie has not had any success marrying her off, which means that he has to keep on feeding her and the rest of his female offspring. Harry Nation's tradition is that the oldest daughter has to be married off first. Well, there they were, Garfield lying flat on his back, a bit woozy from the knock and fall, looking up into Emmy Lloyd's beautiful brown eye. Her other eye was swollen shut because of a bee sting. Sure enough, it was love. That's right, love in capital letters, L-O-V-E. To Emmy Loy, this town dude in khaki slacks, white shirt, red bow tie, and Adidas sneakers was sent from heaven. She even prayed that when she kissed him, he would come back from the dead because that's what she thought he was. And she did, and did it again and again, until he revived. Garfield, coming out of it, though not too clear, sensed imminent danger and started flailing around, which impressed Emmy Loy and encouraged her to continue. About this time, Frenchie comes along and finds all this going on. Being keen on bargains, he figures out a plan right on the spot. And about an hour later, Garfield, Emmy Loy, and Frenchie made it to his cabin back in the woods by Big Creek. The picture is fuzzy at best, but slowly Garfield begins to see pieces. By that time, the word was out, and neighbors nearby were coming over to see Emmy Loy's miracle husband-to-be. In no time, there was a crowd of about 25 adults, 60 or so kids, 10 dogs, 7 horses, and an old gray mule milling around in the yard. They were all curious to see what this marvelous event would turn to. Now, seeing a crowd, Garfield saw this opportunity, stepped onto a tree stump by the porch, and began his politicking speech. He and Rosie the barmaid had refined his speech to convince everyone to vote for Garfield. 
These folks, however, were befuddled by Garfield speaking. But then Emmy Loy jumped right on that stump with Garfield. She declared that God sent him right out of heaven. She knew it was true because after she kissed him, he came to life. The ladies ooed and awed, and the men slapped each other's backs and took celebration swigs from a jug. Frenchy hollered out and vouched for Emmy Loy. Garfield, well, Garfield was struck dumb. He opened his mouth, but nothing came out, which has got to be an all-time first for a politician. Then Emmy Loy bent over, way over, wrapped her arms around Garfield and sealed the deal with a smothering kiss. They both toppled over into the crowd. Garfield thrashed around for dear life. Emmy Loy, being tough as nails and having a lot of leverage with her six-foot frame, had Garfield nailed down. The crowd really enjoyed watching the spectacle. Garfield thought this was the end. He thought he was going to die right here, right now, in front of all these people. Finally, huffing and puffing, Garfield goes limp, his beet-red face flush with the struggle. And there she was, Emmy Loy, sitting on top of his belly, waving a victory sign not unlike the wave you see at a football game. The crowd hooted and hollered. The dogs barked and the old ladies cried. Frenchie was being congratulated. Hands were being shook. Well, it's not over till the fat lady sings. Everybody knows that. And it wasn't. Eventually, Garfield was led onto the porch and sat on a box. He was having trouble standing after all the excitement. One by one, the men passed by to shake hands and to share a sip of homemade remedy just for the occasion. Garfield was sipping just to be neighborly. Bit by bit, it came together. Then he saw it all. This was going to be his wedding day. No mistake about it. Well, folks, I'm running out of gas. I know, I know, there's still a lot of story to tell, but I've got work to do. Firewood needs chopping and loading into the woodshed. Grass needs mowing. Garden needs weeding. I'm sure glad Alex and William are around. They help out a lot. It won't take too long. I'll get to more of the story next time. So that's it for now. From where the corn grows tall and pigs fly... Take care. All my love, Grandpa Jim.